ಭವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧಿ ತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾ ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಗುರುರ್ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಗುರುರ್ವಿಷ್ಣು ಗುರುರ್ದೇವೋ ಮಹೇಶ್ವರ ಗುರುರೇವ ಪರಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ಚಿನ್ಮಯಂ ವ್ಯಾಪಿಯತ್ಸರ್ವಂ ತ್ರೈಲೋಕ್ಯಂ ಸಚರಾಚರಂ ತತ್ಪದಂ ದರ್ಶಿತಂ ತಸ್ಮೈ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರವೇ ನಮಃ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಇನ್ಫಿನಿಟ್ ಇಸ್ ದ್ಯಾಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ಅನ್ಕಂಡೀಷನ್ the scientists have pointed out such as einstein that everything in the universe is conditioned by time and space rishis went forward to say everything is conditioned in the universe by time space and objects one object conditions the other limits the other even in our life time is the greatest conditioner not air conditioner huh? we are conditioned by the past we are conditioned by the present and we are conditioned by the future condition means we are limited by it whenever we think about the future when we don't think about it properly it creates worries tension and anxieties past also conditions us therefore if you carefully observe what do you call past present and future past tensed future tense present also we are tensed only isn't it somehow language is a unique thing huh? unknowingly we use these words so tension comes to us due to the future tension comes to us due to the past and tension comes to us due to the present thus three sources of stress in our life past present and future all three tense only in the past also you were tensed present also you are tensed future also tense only now this morning we spoke about anxieties of the future and they mainly arise out of our imagination of the failure that we may have to face if we know 
how to confront failure how to handle failure how to accept failure and deal with failure positively rather learn from failure and make it our stepping stones to success if we do that then failure becomes positive not negative not that we should go and fail but in life there'll always be loss and profit success and failure gain or loss all this will take place it's how strong we are what knowledge we have what is our vision and our attitude that helps us to deal with these incidents in our life what somebody considers as failure others consider it as success they make good use of it i'll give you an example in hong kong there used to be two brothers who had inherited their father's property and of course quarreled with each other divided the property and both built their house on it in hong kong which is such a small place to have a house you have to be a multimillionaire otherwise everybody lives in flats they divided the land and of course there was this constant quarrel between the two brothers because one says that i want more from the front because i have got more from the back so in his backyard he had a little bit of extra land but he kept fighting that the front land i should have got more and this quarrel went on for many many years this elder brother used to love mangoes and that also no, our alfonso mango apus and you know that special taste of apus he loved this mango very much and in the 1970s etc to get mangoes from india was very difficult flights were few etc so very rarely people used to get mangoes and they used to treasure it till today we carry cartons and take it to these places so one day he decided why not i grow this mango in my backyard so he ate the sweetest of mango made sure that he saved the seed he planted it in the backyard watered it fertilized it and of course slowly slowly the sprout came and finally it grew into a tree and only after four or five years a mango tree grows to give its fruits five years he looked after this mango tree hoping for sweet fruits now is nothing wrong to hope for sweet fruits he has done his best also but when the mango tree grew and the fruits came he waited for the fruits to ripen on the tree even covered it with plastic that no bird will come and eat it but in hong kong there are no birds because they eaten up yeah but still for safety he protected it i mean he took all this care and trouble and when he finally saw the fruit has ripened on the tree the first few fruits he plucked it thought he's going to get sweet mangoes but when he ate it they were very very sour 
disappointed, dejected, thinking some cheating has taken place. He was miserable, absolutely. He's waited five years and all he has got is a sour fruit. He tried the other one, that is also sour. Third one, that is also sour. He got so upset that what went wrong, he couldn't understand because he chose the best mango seed. Now, even though he did his best, he doesn't know all the laws of nature. He may have chosen sweet mango seeds, but even the soil gives the sweetness to the plant. And why such sweet mangoes grow only in this country? Because my country is sona ugle. This stinking soil of Hong Kong, it stinks. But here when the first rains come, even Krishna says, Punyam Ganda. I am the sweet smell of earth. Only in earth, India you can smell this sweet earth. The smell of earth is so beautiful. Now, he doesn't know all this. Same way, we do not know what all will be the results of our action. Even when we've done the best, what we may get is not what we desire. Devash Krishna says, very mis, very badly translated as you should work only for work's sake and don't work for the fruit. Then why would you work? It's only said is don't be anxious about the fruit because your anxiousness is not going to help you. It's how you work that's going to help you, not your worry. Also, when you get too attached to a particular result, too obsessed with a result, if it is not the way you want it, you will be disappointed. Here is an intelligent statement given that how should you respond or react to the results of your action? When you accept the result as it is, then you know what to do with the result. Otherwise, you very often get too excited or you suffer the result. Now see, this man, he got so depressed, dejected, that he worked so hard, didn't get the sweet mangoes, he wanted to cut down the tree. Meanwhile, his younger sister-in-law heard about this whole incident. She was very clever, wife of a businesswoman. She went up to her husband and said, all these years you brothers have been quarreling. Now is the time to end it. Give the front yard to him and take the backyard from him. He said, we two brothers fought because of you two women only. Yeah? And now you are telling me all this? He says, why? She says, that what that little patch of front yard, what will we do? The backyard has got the mango tree. He said, yeah, but I heard that mangoes are all sours. Sour. She said, that is why I am telling you, take it. And I tell you, wisdom comes naturally to women. Men have to learn from books. I am not joking. Kalidas has said this. Yeah. 
She said, get that mango tree. Anyways, sometimes men do listen to their wives. And he went. Told his brother. Brother was very happy. Rather than cutting the tree, I'm getting the front portion of the yard. He said, take the tree. And this man only told me, what did his wife do? Sour mangoes is not wasted. She turned that failure into success. What did she do? Get those sour mangoes, made pickles which were very rare in Hong Kong those days, bottled them, home bottled them, sold them, sold them as delicacies and made a lot of money and imported the sweet mangoes from India. Listen, Hindi mein kaha hota na? Aam khane se matlab gutliyo ginne se kya fayda? See, purpose was to eat sweet mangoes. If you can't get this way, you can get it the other way. Now, she thought sour mango is a failure, but sour mangoes give more money than sweet mangoes when they are pickled. Many such failures have become tremendous success if you know how to handle it. Look back in your life. This fear for the future comes because we fear failure. Why do we fear failure? Because we are over anxious to get a particular result the way we want it. But sometimes nature knows better. Then we must use our intelligence how to handle it. In fact, many great inventions have come forth only during accidents. As accidents. Is it not? Yeah. Isn't it the best of love affairs happened with an accident only? Yeah. Her car bumped with your car. If we are able to accept it, we can turn our failures into success. In the corporate world, another beautiful example has been given that a man was trying to discover, I forget his name, but today he is a multi-millionaire. He was trying to invent a glue which would be very thin and yet stick without leaving stains. When he tried to make the glue so thin, he realized that it wouldn't stick. It was a failure. After all the effort that he made to thin the glue to such an extent that it is not even seen or felt, such thin glue. After so much work, it was a failure. Because every time he stuck that thing, it would fall off. Now he could have given up. And from that came forth a multi-million dollar patent called as the post-it. Today all of you have these post-its, no? Everybody was looking out to have these things, chits, that would stick without staining and something that you can remove and stick without any difficulty. He planned something else 
but something else turned out it brought him greater success if we can understand and look back in our lives that in the present also you are conditioned by your past experiences if you had failures in the past you'll always fear failures in the future if something you have not experienced in the past or you have not done in the past or you have not been successful in the past very few are daring to adventure forth in those fields thus due to the conditioning of the past the memories of the past we develop a lot of anxiety and stress in the present so past conditions us future makes us anxious how do we get conditioned by the past that if we have done something that has failed we feel we can't do it this conditioning of the past has become today our personality and past whenever we think of it only creates regrets you say no swami ji my past was not bad at all you know in fact they were really lovely days but when you think about the past lovely days you feel sad in the present na wo bhi kya din the many people who were successful in the past some changes took place in the economy or the the company etc and they could have lost their job or their business would have gone down very rarely they can restart because they live in the past glories i was a ceo of certain company now how can i go i was a boss how can i go and work for somebody's company it happens like that thus even success of the past sometimes limits us and failure certainly if i have not achieved it then i will not be able to do anything all of us can remember such incidents in our life but even if we don't know it observe that today when you say i can't do this or you get anxious about something or you're stressed about something see its link with the past experiences i'll tell you a story of a man this man young man used to attend my talks his father in law in another country used to attend my talks too one day the father in law comes up to me and says swami ji my son in law comes to your talk and he only comes to your talk he will not go anywhere else he has great reverence for you i said who is he i didn't know that they were related he said so and so person so and so country comes to listen to your talk i said yeah yeah i, I do know him not very closely but i know he attends regularly so he said he is my son in law i said really he said but swami ji i want you to do something now these mother in laws every mothers parents also you know swami ji tell them this they generally give us lecture what we should be lecturing you so what happened was 
that he told me, please tell my son-in-law, he's not listening to me. So I said, what do you want to tell your son-in-law? He says, please tell him to take some money from me. I said, that shouldn't be difficult. He said, tell him to take some money from me. He wants to start a business. He's a young man. He needs some finance. It's difficult to get finance. I'm ready to finance him. I'm ready to give him the money. But he refuses to take the money. So I said, he must be one of those people. No, I've seen Hindi movies. I said, it's a good idea. Nowadays, everybody's begging for dowry. Here's a guy who will not take from his father-in-law. What are you complaining about? He said, but he needs money. You'd rather take from me than from outside and be pressured. Anyway, I met the young man. I traveled to that country soon. I met the young man. I told him, I said, see, you have to start a business. You need the money. Take it from your father-in-law. After he's like a father, you're not asking. He's giving it to you. And why do you want to take it as a gift? Take it as a loan. Pay him back. And even if you don't want an interest-free loan, if you make the money, you pay him with interest. It'll be good for him also. He said, no, Swamiji, I'm not going to take money from my father-in-law. I said, give up this ego. Somebody is giving you, you need it, take it. He said, no, Swamiji, it's not a matter of ego. My only fear is that if I take his money and I lose this money, this man has worked hard for his living and saving. Now if I take this money from him, if I lose it, I said, but why do you think you're going to lose it? He said, Swamiji, I started a business in 1985. In 1986, it collapsed. Started another one in 1987. In six months, it collapsed. Like that, seven times I have started business and it has collapsed. I come from a business family. I'm not very educated that I can take up a job. I know only business. But the thing is, I have failed seven times. I have to start a business to make an earning, but I can't take his money because if I lose it, he also goes down with me. I said, he's quite a nice boy. He's quite thoughtful. So when I met up with the father-in-law again, I said, listen, you've got such a good son-in-law. What are you complaining? He's not taking the money from you, not out of any ego or arrogance. He's not taking the money from you because he's lost seven times. And the father-in-law tells me that because he's lost seven times, therefore I want to give him the money. I said, please explain to me. Why are you betting on a losing horse? Did you hear about that man who is to always go horse racing, uh, to bet on horses and always bet on the lost, uh, wrong horse? And the horse lost. He lost his money. But he couldn't give up the habit. Gambling is such a thing. Even after a person loses money, he can't give it up. So he went there and started betting with his mind. And again, betted on the wrong horse. The horse lost and he lost his mind also. So why do you want to bet on such people? He said, Swamiji, you won't understand. And anybody tells you, you won't understand. I mean, I can understand God, infinite and all that. I can't understand your little business. So I gave him a little bit background of my business. I said, please explain to me. In fact, I would like to learn. I speak to a lot of business people. Please tell me, what is your idea? Why you want to give someone money? In fact, just last week I was speaking to the ba ba bankers in Renaissance. I told them, in fact, somebody who's lost the money a number of times, observe him. If he's intelligent, person of good character, now is your chance. Bet on him. 
So he tells me, Swamiji, because he has lost seven times, I am giving to him. Now, he was not venturing forth in business because he had lost seven times. The father-in-law says, with his old age wisdom, that I am betting on him because he has lost seven times. What was his wisdom? I couldn't understand. I asked him, please tell me. He said, listen, in business, how many mistakes can you do? He's a good and intelligent boy. You agree with me? I said, that's true. Business doesn't require too much sense. Whatever mistakes he could have done, he's already done. I'm sure by now he has learned from it. There are some people who never learn. But he's a good intelligent boy. He would have learned from it. Now I'm sure that he will be successful. And I'm ready to take a chance. You just tell him to take the money. I went back to the young man. I said, listen, take the money. I couldn't explain to him all these things. I said, you take the money. He said, but, 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 Swamiji. I said, no buts. I'm telling you, you've got my blessings. Take it. So he said, Swamiji, your blessings are there. He still thinks it's my blessings. Till now he's successful. His father-in-law was right. The last business that he has started, it is still going on. And he's doing very well. What I'm trying to say is, very often we condition ourselves from the past. We limit ourselves from the past and these limitations create the pressure of stress in our life. See, here they're getting into the cause of things. They're not talking about temporary de-stressing. Get to the very cause of it and then remove it. Try experiencing this in your life. I'm sure you have your own life experience. I myself was a victim of this conditioning of the past. When I was studying in school, guess what was my rank? Huh? Last or first? Both wrong. It was neither last nor it was first. We were four friends or five friends together. And every year we used to get the same rank. We were the top five. I was not in the bottom. We were top five students. And one, two, three, four, five. That was our rank. And we knew when the report card was given up, we should stand in line. Everybody knew who would get what rank. And guess what was my rank? All wrong again. I stood fourth all the time. And still I was amongst the top five. I really didn't mind it because we were amongst the top five students. So I always stood fourth. And this went on for five years from my fifth standard to my tenth standard. And eleventh standard was also in this school. And 11th standard was the last year in school. It was supposed to be a board examination. When I was the last year in school, one day my biology teacher walks into the class. And normally I used to excel in biology. It was one of my favorite subjects. The teacher we had, he was excellent, absolutely excellent teacher. I was a very good student. We had a very friendly uh, uh, what to say, relationship with this teacher. He was very kind, very friendly, quite a hep teacher also. Old, no doubt, but quite modern, long hair and everything. So allowed us anything, allowed us any fashions. 
Even the principal used to be very upset, but he would allow us. One day he walks into class with the test paper results in his hand, looks at me, shouts at me and calls me out with my surname. And when teacher calls you by surname, you know you're in trouble. Calls me by my surname and says, you have not been studying at home. I was really surprised. These marks counted. And uh, if I have not done well in biology, my whole percentage will come down. I was very nervous when he was giving out the paper. I was sure I had done very well. But what happened? And when I got my paper, when I looked into the paper, guess what? I had 9 out of 10. Those days, nobody in essay questions of biology had 9 out of 10. Today you can get 11 out of 10 in any paper. 10 plus 2 system had just started. This was the highest mark anybody had ever got in school. 90%. I checked with all my friends. Everybody had either 8, 8.5, 7, etc. I was the only one who had 9. Throughout the class, I'm like, what happened to him? But we've always made to respect our teacher, whether it was school teacher, anybody. I just could get up in class and say, sir, what's wrong with you? Anyway, after class, I, I didn't get up, I didn't prove him wrong or insult him. I waited after the class, but whole time I was disturbed. And throughout the class, was this dirty look he was giving me, disgusted look that he was giving me, that you're not been studying, picking on me. I was wondering what's going on. After the class, I just ran behind him. I was quite uh, upset. I went behind him. And first I sniffed, you know, like in case... There was no such thing. So I said, sir, sir, sir. Sir said, uh, yes. Now what do you want? I said, I said, sir, why are you upset with me? I've got 9 out of 10. He said, so? I know. I corrected the paper. So I said, but then so why did you scream at me? It's the highest in class. It's the highest anybody can get. I mean, I wish I got 10 out of 10, but then you won't give me that. So why are you complaining? Immediately ask, what rank do you stand? What rank do you get every year? I said fourth, very proudly. I was very proud of my rank. I said fourth. But anyway, what is that rank to do with my present paper? I did well in this paper. Why do you scream? He says, why don't you stand first? Immediately that question actually took me aback. I said, uh, I don't know. He said, why don't you stand first? I'm, I'm sure everybody wants to stand first. At some period of time, I may have tried. But somewhere, I had given up. Thinking that I can only stand forth. And the three friends that I had before me, all my best friends, and all were very clever. They were brilliant, absolutely. I always admired them. And I know they were very clever. I said, I don't know. He says, I have noticed. You pay full attention in the class. Because everything that I have taught is there in the paper. Now, if it's a school examination, it's okay, I can't give you anything that I have not taught. But when it's going to be a board or university examination, this is not going to help you. You have to put in a little bit more effort. And at home, it was not I was fooling around, I would read my elder brother's books. Because this is all I knew. 
that arrogance I had. I knew all this stuff. Why would I go and read the textbook? He said there are certain things that you have to make your own research in. You have to put in that little extra effort. If you don't do that, you will not excel. I want you to stand first in the university, in the board examination. But I said, sir, I don't know. I've, I've tried all these years, but I've never stood first. He said, in the next term, I want you to stand first. I said, sir, uh, I will try. That was his expression. If you say, I will try, you will only cry. He said like that. I said, sir, uh, I can only try. What else can I do? So he said, I'll give you some extra homework, etc. Work. Anyway, I tried. And the next term, guess what? I stood third. I was thrilled. For the first time, I had broken the, broken the barrier of fourth. It was a great achievement after five, six years of school. It was a great achievement. I went running to the sir. I said, sir, sir, thank you very much, sir. I stood third, sir. I stood third, sir. I said like that. Immediately, he looked and said, but that's not first. I said, sir, I've got confidence. Next term, I will stand second. He said, there is only one more turn left. You turn first. I said, Sir, uh, I know as much as I try, the friend of mine who used to come first, he was absolutely brilliant. I said, Sir, he is too clever. He's also one of your good students. Sir, there's only one way I can stand first. Take him to the next division. I said, well, simple, if that's what you want. He said, no, he will remain in class and you have to stand first. I said, sir, but there's too much pressure. He says, either you stand first or fail. I got so nervous that, you know, he might actually fail me. And throughout that course, he was very strict with me, etc. And I was really thinking that if I don't come first, is forget it, I'll come second, I'm going to fail. And then, in the last examination of my school, for the first time in my life, I stood first. Now, why I was not even trying conditioning of the past? Many a times we limit ourselves from the past and the past inhibits us to perform. Just because you've not done it in the past doesn't mean that you can't do it in the future. If there is something which is good, it has to be done. See Hanumanji, what a beautiful example. 800 miles you have to cross over the ocean. It's almost an impossible feat. Everybody sat back and started calculating. And of course, you have to see your talents, you have to see your abilities. But if something has to be done, develop the talent, develop the ability. While everybody sat there, counting their limitations, I can jump 100 meters, I can jump 100 miles. Angad says, well, I can jump 800 miles, but I don't think I can come back. Hanumanji thought, that if I have to do it, Sita has to be found, then whatever are my limitations, I must break my limitations to reach my goal. 
He didn't sit back and said, well, you know, as a monkey, I've done 800 meters, but 800 miles. He had to do it. He did it. And broke all boundaries and limitations of not only his personality, broke all records of his times. Olympic players also, having reached such, what to say, uh, limits in their Olympic games, having broken all records, and each year it gets smaller and smaller, you know, fast runners. I mean, how many minutes and seconds they run? It's amazing. It's 0.00001 second. It seems that no, nobody can beat this. And yet, next four years later, somebody breaks that record. Therefore, don't limit yourself from the past. Now, you don't know. All this that I'm telling you, if you don't start working with your mind, when you go back, you will be back to normal. A bit inspired, a bit more daring. But this conditioning of the past is something we have to be very careful. Learn from the past, but don't live in the dead moments of the past. Now, luckily as youth, we think that we are always looking forward for the future and we don't live in the past. But as you start growing, all your experiences of the past start conditioning you. A simple thing I'll tell you. Haven't you heard these daughter-in-laws and mother-in-laws talking? Or at least see the series, no? What's Saas Bahu ki? Saas bhi kabhi? Bahu thi. Just recently, I met one lady. She was living in a huge bungalow near Manhattan in, in New York. And for her to have a huge bungalow, I immediately asked her, your husband is a doctor? And she said, yes, he's a surgeon. One day she invited me home. I went to her house. She had asked all the ladies, it was lunchtime, so she had called all the ladies. But she had told her husband also, Swamiji is coming. He was a very busy surgeon, but somehow or the other he took some time and he came over. A thorough gentleman, very nice that Swamiji has come to our house, I must come home. He came home, joined me for lunch, and after lunch was over, as I wanted to leave, all the ladies said, Swamiji, you can't leave like this, khaya piya bhaga, you know? No, no, we've got a lot of questions to ask you, stay back. Now this poor man, the surgeon, he had an operation, he was feeling a little bit embarrassed, so very politely asked me, Swamiji, uh, I may have to leave, I'm very sorry to leave you like this. I said, you go. You've got work to do. These women think that we sadhus are bekar anyway. Because we don't have any car. We are bekar. So, I'll stay back and they should not feel that I ate and I ran. You have to sing for your supper. Don't think that Swami ko bhi phukat se koi khana dete hai. Koi nahi. They make you work. If nothing else, wipe their tears. Anyway, I stayed back. Now, when he left, all the other ladies, they were, you know, you got such a sweet husband. You are so lucky. Our husbands would never behave like this. You are so lucky. He's so nice. Now, they were all praising him. And I thought he was a good man. So, I made the mistake of praising him. Don't praise anybody's husband. 
I said, he's a very nice man. Immediately, he started crying. Swamiji, you don't know. 25 years ago when we got married, this is our wedding anniversary, silver wedding anniversary year, Swamiji. But 24 years ago when we got married, you see, it was a joint family. There were six sister-in-laws plus one mother-in-law. Seven of them. I was the youngest. He was still not working. He was studying. You don't know what I have gone through, Swamiji. And if I told him anything, he would come back home and say, Stop talking, or you should break up my family. He used to get angry at me, frustrated at me. Told me, get out of the house many times. Anyway, luckily, uh, he, he got a scholarship to come in to study medicine in uh, New York. We came here. And Swamiji, we lived in this one tiny studio apartment. Cooking also inside. Living room also inside. Such a small apartment. And then Swamiji, I got pregnant. And my mother-in-law decided to come and spend six months with us there. In that one small little apartment, no freedom, Swamiji. And we had to struggle. Now he was studying. I used to go and work in McDonald's. And I used to income. And he used to come back frustrated that he was not earning. And I was earning. And Swamiji went through so much difficult times. And the children, education, etc. I said, okay. I said, how are things now? Is he earning well? Yeah. You could see that. Where's the uh, where's the sister-in-law? All divorced. Yeah. Mother-in-law dead. Children well settled. How's he now? Nice, nice. But 25 years ago. <laughs> Not letting go of the past and crazy, causing misery in the present. Now enjoy, he's nice, charming, sweet. You're the boss of the house. Children are doing well. Mother-in-law is dead. But living in the past memories. You know, Swamiji, what I have gone through. The best way to dissociate from the past is forgive. Forgive everyone who has done anything to you in the past. But Swamiji, that person did this to my mother or did this to me. Swamiji, how can I forgive that person? That person caused harm and is enjoying himself. And 20 years later, you are still miserable. Forgiveness is not a favor you are doing on anybody else. Maybe that person deserved to be punished. That person deserved to be thrown in hell or be even imprisoned if he's done the greatest crime in your life. Sometimes the stories I have heard of what people do to people, they deserve probably to be killed also. But the greatness of human personality is that it's got a unique capacity to forgive. And forgiveness is not a favor you do on anybody else. It's a favor you do on yourself. 
a person who hurt you an incident in your life that troubled you it troubled you or a person harmed you at that period of time but the suffering that you have continued only you are to be blamed so that person is not torturing you again and again is it not forgiveness is not a favor you do on somebody else that person did wrong somewhere or the other that person will have to pay for it but you when you forgive you are freed from the past and if you can learn to forgive others then you will be able to forgive yourself do you know it's very difficult to forgive yourself when you realize that you made a mistake many times we deny our mistakes but when you realize that you have done your mistake and sometimes a foolish mistake or sometimes a deliberate mistake for which you have to pay for your life very often we sit condemning ourselves or feeling guilty never moving ahead or moving forward therefore learn to forgive yourself and do it today itself do it here in this ashram where it is possible don't make a lip service of forgiving forgive anybody and everything for any crime that they have done in your life and even forgive yourself for any mistake that you have done repeat it no more that's all because something which is called as guilt again every emotion has been given to us for a good reason but it can become harmful now when we are young there's no such thing as guilt kuch bhi karo do anything do how we want to do it but there are some moments in life when we look back we regret we have guilts now guilt is positive when if that experience makes you realize or that guilt makes you realize that you did something wrong and you should never do it again and the positivity is not live brooding over the past or brooding over the guilt but rather know that how much suffering it caused you mental agitation and anguish it caused you don't do it again but swami ji i keep doing it again and then i feel guilty then should i not feel guilt just don't do it again that way you will conquer the guilt which makes you live again in the dead past so i'm saying all the things that lead you to the dead past guilt is a very unique way of your mind to escape from its sense of responsibility why because it's a nice justification you see there are others who do it they don't even feel guilty but at least i am guilty basically i am suffering for what i did and remember one thing what you brood over as you think so you become the more you are thinking about it the more you will start 
doing it. Rather than being positive, you keep repeating what you have done. Thus, learn to forgive yourself. And forgive yourself so that you don't repeat it. Now, you might think, okay, this is for our personal life, self-development, for our spiritual progress, or even our social progress. But the same thing goes in companies also. The quality of forgiveness is effective even in your companies. I've spoken to CEOs, managing directors of some of our biggest companies. And something very interesting you learn from them. I was asking him about number three and from Gurudev used to see. I mean, as a spiritual master, so forgiving, we realized that if you had to fire off everybody, there would be nobody in the mission left, including myself. Because everybody's got mistakes. In the company also, there are people who make mistakes. They make mistakes for two reasons. One is they don't have the ability, they are in the wrong job. Second is that they make a mistake. Now, mistakes are two types. One is out of carelessness and one is due to lack of knowledge or whatever. It's not careless, but a person makes a mistake. I asked one managing director of a company who's the greatest, the biggest uh, exporter from India. I asked him, I said, what are the main problems that you face in your company? He says, the main problem that we face in our company is SYB. I said, what is SYB? Nowadays, you know, that acronym is a big thing. You know, those who are working, I'm working in FII. What is that? I'm working in TTI. What is that? Everybody's supposed to know it. I said, what is SYB? What does it mean? I know you know the other one with the O in the middle. But what is SYB? He says this SYB syndrome that exists in the company is our greatest loss maker. Time waster. You know what is it? Guess, guess. Think a little bit. Huh? Serve your boss. That is positive. SYB means save your butt. That's his expression. He says the problem is, in a company, there will be mistakes that will happen. Whether due to people's carelessness, etc. But the problem is that everybody is busy saving his back. And therefore, he says the problem is a mistake happened. Suppose something was given to a transport company and the boxes went less and the delivery was short. Now, where the mistake happened? 
the problem is that the one who made the mistake never tells but passes on the buck to somebody else and the problem is that we waste days in investigation he said as a boss i am not interested in that one loss the 15 days that i am losing in trying to investigate who made the mistake while well, that person is afraid that i made the mistake i will be fired in fact i'll be very happy if he came and told me i made the mistake i would let him go because i would be saving a lot more money plus i would trust him that he admitted which means he won't make the mistake again this attitude of forgiveness in this manner that if a person makes a mistake in fact you encourage that person to let you no and not frighten that pers- person not just punish that person but let that person know that you can come and tell me where's the mistake so that we can correct it is not the quality of forgiveness here therefore it is a virtue that we must aspire for and not only helps us to deal with people and bring out their greater potential and benefit as a team but eventually it helps you to free yourself from the past why do all your friendships get so sour why do all relationships get so sour why we are afraid to move forward in life and even afraid to love do you know everybody wants to be in love but majority of people are afraid to love i mean in any relationship love does not mean just boy girl relationship in fathers are so afraid to show their affection even in boy girl relationship how much insecurity is there it's not that they don't fall in love i say afraid in love it's not that they're not falling in love but in that love there is so much fear so insecure you can't talk to this one you can't talk to that one isn't it you were friends for 2 years all of your friends went out together by day then unnecessarily you fell for him after that why are you talking to him are you we are friends for 2 years we talk no don't talk to him why are you smiling at him so you stop smiling also love should make you smile but no what happened i am in love Chalo, come on let all friends are going let's go no i can't go why i'm in love what a boring love is that a beautiful khalil gibran has said don't make a bondage of your love let it be an open ocean between your souls if we are ready to forgive we can free ourselves from the past clear therefore anxieties of the future regrets of the past or conditionings of the past now knowing this inspires you you know what to do but remember you have to do it i may ask you one question it's a bit confronting okay first day i asked you to do an exercise what was that exercise five things you wanted to achieve in the day write out and then write out what you achieved and what you did not achieve 
and five things that you can be grateful for how many of you continued doing it yesterday now you can see only three people don't feel bad but you are wasting your time in this camp why because even if the simple things that are pointed out you can't do it in this atmosphere here when you are learning it right now you think you will do it at home think live in the present whatever you have to do do now because now is the only time you have past is dead the future is not yet born and even in the future when you plan to do you will have to do it today only is it not past is dead future is a dream present is all that you today is all that you have that's the problem it's not that we do not have the knowledge it's not that we do not have the potential why is it that we don't bring it into our performance there's the third cause that limits us and then causes stress is that in the present in the present we are too distracted if you set a goal for yourself anything that is enjoyable or even good if it opposes your goal however good it may be for example exams are coming up you've targeted that you're coming first tomorrow is the examination there's a portion you have to finish you are working towards it and that time your mother comes to you and says darling come and spend some time with me and watch television with me i am lonely it's a nice thing to do nobody says it's bad but at that time it is a distraction is it not you can politely tell mummy not today tomorrow is it not think when i say distraction distractions are not just negative things you make company of good friends it's great but if that company of good friends distracts you from your main purpose for which you are in a place is it good yeah. tell me anything that distracts you from your goal will create stress eventually and this causes excitement in the present so one is distraction in the present and that's all that you have to achieve the now the present 
When the Bhagavad Gita tells us and you learn the ashram, then you go and buy this $300 book, Living in the Now. But you can read books, but if you don't start living now, the secret of success is, the secret of time management is, what Kabir Das Ji has said, Kaal kare so, aaj kar. Aaj kare so, ab pal mein pralai hoegi. In a second, disaster can come, I'll tell you. All we have is now. And if we don't work now, never hope to do it in the future. But our policy in the country is, up kare so, piche kar. Piche kare so, kal. Kal kare so, parsu, parso kare so, tarsu. Just delay, 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 delay. You can avoid excitement in the present and escape the stress that it causes when every moment that you have set outside, uh, aside for your work, you bring all your attention to your work. Puja Gurudev has given a beautiful statement. Bring your mind where your hands are working. That is the secret of efficiency. Efficiency is not, you know, that you have a nice room, a comfortable orthopedic chair, two, three beautiful or handsome secretaries roaming around you, air-conditioned so I can think better. Efficiency is when with the calm mind you act in the present. Now, excitement comes very often is, first of all, very often we take up impractical time schedules. Impractical deadlines. We don't, because of our greed, we do a lot. In companies also. You should know your time limits also. Yet, it's not very often that we have taken up more work. But work also comes. Now, you go to offices. The offices themselves are managed these days so badly that they put people through deadlines. The, the amount of stress that is there. The load of work that is there. People are working till 12 o'clock at night. You might complain, oh, Swamiji, in the camp, you know, we are so tired. Uh, get to the work field these days. You have to work 12 hours. So this is training. Because today you can't work for 5-6 hours. Any job you take up, they'll make you work for 12 hours minimum these days. Now you go to the office, or even in studies. You go to the office, there's already such a load of work. You go in the morning, quite inspired. Today I'll finish my work. You go there, there's such a load. And now today, with faxes and email, everything comes back quickly. Nothing is waited. So, an email comes, urgent. Other comes, priority. Suddenly the boss sends you a file. I want you to see this right now. Now, with these five things in front of you, naturally you get excited. The stress levels are high. At that time, 
plan out your work and work out your plans. Learn to give priority. Plan out your work. Still, when you see the amount of work that is there, it can be very frightening. And very often, looking at the amount of portion that you have to study, looking at the amount of work that is there, very often we sit back and say, this cannot be done. I'm sure it's happened to all of you in examinations. When you go, you see the paper. The paper is so tough. It is so long. That very often, we land up not doing the paper where it is said up there, do only three questions out of the seven. What? Excitement in the present. You didn't read that one said, oh my God, seven questions, one question only is going to take me an hour, the other question will take me another hour. Even three questions I can't do, how will I do seven? Forget finishing it. A journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. You finish I remember that teacher of mine, when he was preparing us for the board examination, he told us one thing. Don't try to finish your paper. Calm down, first read the whole paper. Don't think, oh, I have to finish, I have to start. Don't start. Finish the whole paper. See which are the questions you can answer well. See how many questions they have told you to answer. Plan out your whole thing. Even after that you feel it is long, don't worry. Don't try finishing the paper. Just do the questions that you can finish, but do it well. It's better you get good marks in it and rather try to finish the paper. And the simple thing is, leave to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Do your best, leave the rest. And if these three things you have... And I've gone in great details. I'll tell you one thing. I've never gone in so much details in any of the talks in the last 20 years to explain these three things. Anxiety of the future, how it rises and how to control it. Memories of the past and distractions and excitements in the present. If you can free yourself from the past tense, the future tense, and the present tense, you are free from tension. And when with a calm mind you work, there is efficiency in action. What is efficiency? Proficiency many people have. The knowledge, and they are good at it. Efficiency is when you can do a job well in a time frame which others cannot do it in. That is called as efficiency. And this is possible only when your mind is calm. Therefore in the Gita it is said, Samatvam Yoga Uchchate. Equanimity of mind is yoga. Calmness of mind is yoga. And the result of that, he says, is yoga karmasu kaushalam. That yoga means dexterity in action, efficiency in action. People think that yoga means, you know, standing on your head, meditating, and then agitating everybody. 
all meditation all spiritual practice is to bring your mind in the present to keep your mind calm with a calm mind you do anything it has a glow of efficiency and where there is efficiency there is success efficiency does not come through techniques efficiency doesn't come through a very conducive environment such as a good office chair etc efficiency is a frame of mind if you can keep your mind calm in the present what shines out of you is the glow of efficiency but don't just learn about it do it so whatever exercise how many exercise two exercise and one was about your good and the bad that's all not given to you and don't tell me you don't have a time if you can sit up at 3:30 eating chips yeah you don't have 5 minutes to spend for yourself oh swami ji you know i'm trying to bond with new friends distraction because if they were your friends they would have told since we are sitting up till 3:30 at night let's do the exercise got it have you seen a football match when the coach says got it what do they say yes uh uh-huh. got it yes they say got it got it got it will you do it good tomorrow i'm going to check huh om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate om shanti 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 hari om shri gurubhyo namaha hari om